and welcome to Stacia Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford, joined as always by my friend and Mediterranean co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, still hot? Oh, yes. Uh, hot in a very hot, hot sort of way. How about Canada? You, you still hot over there? I wore long pants yesterday. Had a hoodie. Heavens. Um, yeah, our hot, hot, hot uh, kind of went away and... I mean, it's still mid twenties, but it's cold, cold, cold compared to the hot, hot, hot we had. So, uh, not a bad thing though. Uh, I think I shared with you on the weekend, uh, we had a lightning storm come through my area. Um, wow. That, uh, set the place smoking. That was for sure. Um, lots and lots of activity. We sat at the beach watching the water bombers, Four of them in a row come down, pick up their stuff and dump it on the mountain opposite us. Hey, it's all very scary, actually, Stu, that close. Ugh. Mm -hmm, it certainly is. Uh, anyway, any follow-up this week? Uh, follow-up. Well, first, um, I, this will be a week late by, every, by the time everybody hears it, but um, RIP Sinead O'Connor. Um, if you're Justin and I's age, then she was, well, front and center in our hormone-driven early 20s and, well, late teens, I suppose. Um, yeah, passed away, um, as yet, of a cause unknown, although I think everybody's got their theory. I mean, uh, just so desperately sad. She was a couple of years older than us. Um, so, yeah, look after yourselves out there, folks. Um, in happier news, uh, Darren got back to me on the slack. So um, he had uh, – he's, he's, he's off and running, Justin. He's out of control. I mean, we may have to, to have an intervention, I think. Or welcome him onto the podcast because, you know, this is what we do, <laughs> right? He is now the third host. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a Twisby Echo, uh, which he's put in some uh, Havasu Turquoise by Diamine. I, I certainly know where he got that. Uh, and a Medium Nib. Good man. Which uh, he really likes. I think he's coming to my side, Justin. <sighs> uh, so he loves the glide and the lack of scratch. Uh, hang on. It continues. Uh, he then got himself a Pelican 205 um, with a fine nip, boo, uh, which he's inked up with uh, Diamond Jet Black. Uh, also very nice, but he's not sure about the fine nib uh, as he thinks he should maybe have gone the other way and gone broad. That's my boy. Uh, but it's a classy pen nonetheless, he says. I don't mind the size, but I do mind the weight. Didn't know this until this experiment, but I think I prefer a heavier pen in the hand. Got a good Japanese recommendation that might be a good combo of larger or heavier and gold nib, Justin? Well, boy, can I spend his money for him. Um, larger, heavier, and gold nib. Uh, I have the trifecta for you, which is probably more expensive than a standard entry pen but has exactly what you're looking at there. The Pilot Custom 823, I put in a link to uh, the Pen Addicts review. Uh, you can get this in many, many places. Um, I have it inked up on my desk now. This is a pen that I live with inked up on my desk. Uh, it has Mont Blanc Midnight Blue, uh, and I use it for all of my businessy businessy writing that needs to be um well read by other people uh the color the ink the flow 
It's just a fantastic pen. Like you cannot put this down for any length of time. It's a vacuum filler. So it'll take you into a whole new area of, uh, fun and excitement and well, blowing things around. Um, but uh, yeah, you'll do well with it. It's a great, great pen. Uh, keep in mind though, um, compared to what you have above the echo and the Pelican 205 Japanese nibs are even thinner. If the 205 it fine is too wide, that may actually be a Japanese medium as it is. Um, they are a little wider. So as Stu calls them, my Japanese fines and extra fines are like needles for him. Um, I would probably recommend going at the minimum of a medium. It is a gold nib, so it's a little bit softer. Uh, it's not a flexible nib. It has a little bit of bounce to it, but you don't want to put too much pressure on it because you'll pop the spines. Um, but, uh, you know, you may even want to look at some samples online. I think Goulet actually, uh, do some good writing, uh, samples of the different widths. Uh, take a look at those, do some compares with what you've got, see which is the right nib for you. You might even want to go to a broad or something crazy. <laughs> if you go to a broad and it's too thick, you can always take it to a Pencho and get it ground down. So there's, there's options. There's always options. What nonsense. What nonsense do I think? Darren, you need a broad as minimum and I've got a double broad. It's gorgeous. Mm. Absolutely lovely. Um, Justin's completely right. The, the, the European fine that you have is, is probably as thick, if not a little thicker than the Japanese medium. So uh, if you're ever going to have a double broad, it'll be a Japanese one. Um, and I've got that exact pen. Um, if you go further down the show notes, um, my 823 um, I bought from Cult Pens, um, I think. Well, whether I did or I didn't, they now have it in stock, um, which is, well, from a London point of view, just round the corner. So uh, get yourself a double broad. Lovely. Very, very nice. Wow, we agreed on something, Stu? Yeah, no, I mean, I was just, I was laughing because it's actually my, my pen of the week. <laughs> I was, uh, completely, um, coincidentally. So I'd, uh, inked this up before I read Darren Slack, but, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's a lovely pen. So reliable, um, really nice writer. Uh, and well, when you ink it up, you get even a, even a broad nib takes a while to empty that, uh, that reservoir. Yeah, it's a fantastic pen. Um, there are, of course, lots of others. There are some cheaper Japanese gold pens. I'm looking at your very specific words, good combo, larger or heavier, and gold nib. Um, this one checks off everything. And it's still at a, a reasonable price point for the quality pen that you get. Definitely. You're not paying a Mont Blanc premium for the brand. This is just a, a really good workhorse that will, well, you'll have it on your desk forever, my friend. That's Darren sorted it. So uh, in other news, uh, the current Mrs. L is returned from uh, from Sicily, full of tales of daring do and excitement. And threatening never to leave the air-conditioned house in the summer again. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Sicily, um, if you haven't been following, Sicily was was hotter than really, really hot. Um, I think it got to about 47, 48 degrees where she was. Um, and that was sufficient to pretty much close down the town. Um, during the day, people just sort of retreated behind their shutters. Um, she was in um, an apartment where they um, they have 
uh, what they call pinguino penguins, which are like the little portable air conditioners that you sort of stick the pipe out the window. Um, those things are okay if it gets a little bit warm. They're not great if it gets to the high 40s. So, uh, yes, she was thoroughly miserable with the weather, did not enjoy that. Uh, and then large parts of Sicily spontaneously burst into flame. So uh, one of the airports closed, um, ironically, because of a fire. Then um, the main airport, which was under strain because it was coping with two airports worth of traffic, uh, their air conditioning broke down um, to the extent that somebody died at check-in. Um, and um, I don't know if it'll be in the show notes, but you can find it on social media if you look. Um, Palermo Airport was pretty much on fire on the runway. Um, and for her to get back, she drove along the motorway. I've got some, some photos out of the car window. Uh, they're literally driving through flames. The motorway was open for a few hours. Um, she managed to get out in that, uh, in that little time spell and then got on to a much delayed flight to Athens, um, where she had a sort of eight hour layover anyway, so the delay wasn't a problem. Um, finally got home and I mean, she didn't kiss the tarmac in Cyprus, but it was pretty close. <laughs> she, she was definitely very, very pleased to be back. We haven't had it anything, anything like as bad as that here. So. <laughs> Happy to be home. I'm surprised because I'm sure Mrs. L has a pocket full of your credit cards. I'm sure the Hilton in Sicily would have had really good air conditioning, not just a little penguin in the window. Uh, well, I mean, it did come up at one point, and there was certainly um, a suggestion on my part that the two of them, her friend that she got to see, go and take a few days in a in a uh, you know a, a local hotel. Um, but for various and sundry reasons, that was that was scotched. Um, so, oh, what can you do? I guess there was solidarity and friendship. Solidarity and sweat. <laughs> More than likely. We had, uh, it's, it's funny, you know, looking back, we had a, a heat dome a couple of summers ago. And uh, there was uh, one place in uh, BC that got up to a record of 49 degrees Celsius, uh, which mm -hmm. is kind of like an unheard of thing. And then promptly, um, it's, it's a small town in the mountains, lightning struck. Uh, the whole town burned down. Um, when you start seeing these levels of heat, it just sucks the, 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 the moisture right out of the ground and just makes it so susceptible to any, any one of these fires. So hopefully everybody there is safe and, uh, you know, that they've got a good system for looking after it, but, um, certainly. Yeah, we're back on fire safety again, but uh, it's it's one of those things that, at least living up here, and I think uh, you see it a lot, Stu, near the airbase there, um, things that make you think is all these wildfires. Uh, we had uh, three wildfire lightning strikes within about a five-minute drive of my house uh, on Friday night. Um, and that's fairly, I mean, luckily, everybody was doing their job, and all praises and all thanks to to the firefighters, but, uh, boy, that's a little scary when you can, you could see where they are. Oh, sure. I mean, I was listening to, um, there've been huge, uh, wildfires in Rhodes, well, they're all over Greece actually, but Rhodes, um, Rhodes Island has been pretty much burned to a cinder and 
it's a it's a big tourist destination. So lots of hotels, um, and there are people who literally were evacuated. They were sitting outside the pool, uh, you know, by the pool, and told, right, "Okay, we've got to go." Oh, right, where we've got to go? Down the beach. Well, what about my stuff? Forget your stuff. You've got to go. Go down the beach, um, and just sort of streams, a sort of ap- apocalypse sort of thing. Uh, it's like Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Um, everybody just walking along this beach with what they could carry. Some people in flip-flops and, and T-shirts, some people wearing, you know, um, barefoot. And then they get from the, the beach, they move on to the road, and they literally walked from village to village. Um, there was no official response. They had no sort of government officials telling them where to go. They were, um, they were using that sort of very, very good direction finder of, there's a fire behind me, I'll go forwards. Um, and literally, they said that the, the Greek people were fantastic and they were coming out of the houses and giving them water and trying to give them lifts, you know, packing as many tourists as they could into the cars and taking them to the next village um, until eventually this person who was being interviewed got himself uh, to the airport um, and had phoned a friend in the UK who booked him on the first flight out. Uh, and so he ended up in Toulouse in France. Um, in his bathing suit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much in his bathing suit. And, you know, on the phone to Amex saying, yeah, found that replacement card. Um, just, well, incredible. Scary stuff. Ugh. Anyway, uh, any other follow-up? Um, any, any, anything fun Mrs. L got up to in Sicily while she was over there? Oh, anything fun that she got up to? Um, not particularly. As I say, she, um, she was horrified by the heat. Um, and of course with that much heat, everybody was a bit grumpy. Um, she was a bit grumpy. Um, her friend was a bit grumpy. They couldn't do any of the things they wanted to do. I mean, at one point they were planning to go and visit, uh, the village where my, where Margaret's from. Um, but the tarmac had melted. So the road was out of commission. <laughs> so it's just like, um, no, no fun at all. And I think she was probably hankering back to, you know, here where she knows she's got a pool in the backyard mm. where the bedrooms are air-conned and thinking, hmm, I think Stuart's probably having a better time than me. I, I, a fact that I denied strenuously, of course. Of course, uh, the prony on the... Uh on the veranda in the afternoon. No, don't mention those. No, no, no never happened. No, no, I don't know what you're talking about, young man. Let's move on. What about you? What's your follow-up? The Apple Watch Ultra still doesn't like tattoos, Stu. That's all I got to say. Oh, dear. Um, well. Yeah, it's randomly and annoyingly decides every time I look at it. Well, not every time, but once in a while I look at it, it's like, hey, what's your password? So I got to figure out what to do with this. I love the watch. I love the style. Just the practicality of it is annoying the bejesus out of me. So, can you wear it on the inside of your wrist? Would that work? Oh, well, I could switch it to the other side. Hmm. Um, which, you know, if I'm going outdoors uh, for a hike and tracking and stuff like that, not the end of the world. Um, if I do that and I'm doing anything around the house, it is going to get beat to bejeez. Mm. So it's either that or I try to sell it because, well, it's brand new. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Have you ever had a, a dilemma like this with tech? Uh, well, there's stuff that's annoyed me, but then has come back. Um, but I don't think I've ever really had anything that I didn't 
you know, I couldn't use. I suppose I've got plenty of things that I don't use as much as I should, but I just don't talk about those or think about them. That's the way to do it. You've got the drawer full of those. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Move on. All right. um, On secondary news, uh, Justin's interest (laughs) in the new VR headset has gone down even more. Oh. Well, if I can't, if a, if a watch can't get past my tattoos, mm-hmm. the heck, how, how's this thing going to get past my buggered up eyes? So anyway, but, um, I had no idea you had a tattoos on your eyes. I don't have tattoos on my eyes, but, um, I had, uh, eye surgery before, so I don't expect, uh, a whole lot of positive things with, uh, that been able to work well. Sure. All right. What's your tool of the week? Let's talk some about something positive. Uh, my tool of the week, uh, what my MBA, um, uh, this this module that I've recently been doing the um, as we record it's Thursday and my uh, assignment has to be in on Sunday so I've got three days um, and this is digital marketing which I have to say as a subject is not one that I would choose um, when when I was growing the money transfer business uh, we we sort of very dutifully the two shareholders neither of whom were terribly au fait with this this sort of digital marketing stuff. We went and met lots and lots of people and agencies um, to learn all about SEO and pay-per-click. And, um, and we, we invested some cash into it and sort of came away thinking, do you know what? This is all smoke and mirrors. It's all just nonsense. Um, and I, I think there was quite a lot of nonsense going on, to be honest. But uh, it's come on. And I, I gradually, as I started learning, I, I started sort of buying into things and thinking, hmm, perhaps my my cynicism is overdone. Maybe I should have a look at this. Um, and the the assignment uh, is to prepare a digital marketing campaign. And it has to be a real one. It has to be with a real company. Um, oh, so you're advertising the podcast, getting us more listeners and uh, <laughs> building up a Patreon or something like that? Well, without uh, giving anything away, Justin, we have not as yet formed a company. So, um, so no, I had a choice. I could either do something for Nero's, um, which has its sort of toe in the um, in the digital marketing world, or I could do something for the consultancy business. And uh, I gave it a little bit of thought, and eventually I plumped for the consultancy business for the simple reason that I find it much easier to accept the whole sort of surveillance capitalism uh, when it's B2B. So to, to explain that, you know, if if I put a Facebook pixel uh, in my Nero, Nero's Notes site, then uh, Facebook use that uh, permission to essentially raid all of the customers. So they dive into the customers' Facebook profiles and pull out all of their friends and they do what Facebook does. Sorry, Meta does. Um, and I'm deeply uncomfortable with that sort of stuff. I really don't like it. That's why I'm not on any of those um, channels myself. B2B, I'm less concerned about it. So I thought, okay, well, um, I don't mind Facebook diving into a company that's looking at using my company services because the data there is unlikely to be uh, of a personal nature. So whether that's true or not, I have no idea. But that's how it worked in my head. So um, I started doing some stuff for Lime uh, for the sake of this this campaign, um, and well, I mean, I got the I got the assignment done early. I've handed it in already, um, and I've been spending the last couple of days actually working on the digital marketing campaign for the consultancy business. 
Who knew? Oh, oh. oh yeah. It's uh, a typical Stuart fashion. I've done the things that involve me spending money first because, you know, that's fun. So uh, I've, I've got a new website um, and uh, I've got, well, in fact, I've got two new websites. So I'm going to have one site that people land on and then uh, the, the shop, if you like, the, the online uh, training and templates will be sold through a teachable site. Uh, and then I've got all sorts of social media profiles, not for me, for the company. Um, and we're doing all sorts of marketing segmentation. It's very exciting, Just You love it. There's, there's charts everywhere. Mm. All right, my tool of the week. Ah, oh, boy. Are you aware of a company called Staples? They're a big... Ah, uh, yes. They have made it across the Atlantic to, to the United Kingdom. Mm. Can I make a suggestion? Don't shop there. Okay. <laughs> Monday comes around, Monday morning. My printer starts flashing at me. You need toner. And you know what that means. That means your printer, in the middle of a busy day um, on Tuesday, I had a bunch of reports that I have to print out and do old school, write on those with several different pens, do some calculations, and then have to go to another system and do some entry. It's one of the least fun things I do, but at least I get to use the pens on it. Um, and so I'm looking at this and saying, okay, well, I need to get some toner on hand today, just in case my printer decides, no, we're not going to play nicely anymore. Buying toner up here doesn't give me a lot of choice. There's nothing in my little town that would do anything like sell toner. Um, I went down and I looked on the website of this place called Staples, which is a sort of an hour's drive south of me. There, check the inventory, low inventory, but it's up here. You know, they have like one of everything on the store because that, that's just the way they run. Uh, so I went to reserve it because you got a thing. Well, we'll pick it for you. We'll send you an email. You come down, pick it up this afternoon. Perfect. I prepaid for it. I pressed the order uh, about three, four hours, four hours later, I hadn't got that email. So I called the, what I thought was a store ended up in the, uh, offsite central phone queue from hell. Let's put it that way. Um, and told that, oh no, um, this has been shipped to the store on my behalf from our, their distribution center. Okay. When's it going to be there? Oh, tomorrow. I said, well, your website said I can pick it up in an hour. I need it by tomorrow. What can you do? Nothing. By this point, looking online again, cause I'm going through the process. Um, they have sold the one toner that I need that was on the shelf. Yay. So I can't even get that. Uh, the only reason I looked at this obviously is that I wanted to go pick up today. I said, okay, let me cancel it. I'll drive down to another store and pick something up. Well, we can't cancel it because it's already shipped. Uh, it'll be in tomorrow. If you want it, you'll have to pick it up and send it back for a refund. Does that sound like a lot of work? <laughs> uh, and if you buy anything, well, you're, you're now out on a corporate card, two purchases of, you know, expensive, expensive, um, toner. Toner is a bit like, well, a good brandy at the moment it's stupidly expensive for what it is but yes so given this 
that it was going to be in. I was grumpy, but yesterday I had to drive into Penticton to take the princess for her monthly brushing and nail trim and shampoo and all that stuff. So I went to the store. Guess what? They hadn't shipped it. Oh, they just shipped it today. Well, what can you do? Nothing. Well, it's on the shelf. Yes, you can buy it, but then you have to come in, pick up this stuff, return it for a credit. It's like, how can this business work? Um, so I still don't have toner. Hopefully, um, I'll, I don't need to print anything soon. But my God, a second trip down to this place. Um, next time, I'm gonna. I've got a, a note now in my calendar to check my inkables once a month, Stu, so I can order on Amazon mm -hmm. and have it delivered to my door. Because none of this trying to support um, the business that is the solution provider for businesses. How can that be so messed up? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but uh, yes, I, I, I feel your pain. I mean, I have it. I have, you know, the the one that's in. I have a, a spare one, and when the spare one goes in, I order another one. That's that's how it works for me, um, because it just seems everybody in this business is incredibly bad at it. Even my local store, I have the same thing. I have to order it from them, and then they get it delivered to them. And then I pick it. It's not business staples. It's uh, you know, it's a local outfit. But hmm. um, I said it's oh, no, it's okay. I don't need to order. I'll just come down and buy one. Uh, no, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> right. Okay. Good. Splendid. Hmm. Have you ever used these um, aftermarket brands? I was doing so. I was I was that pissed off and desperate that I was looking on Amazon at these aftermarket brands. Yep. Um, and and the reviews are. <laughs> 60 70 percent positive mm -hmm. the other 30 percent are this thing dumped ink all over my printer yay not what i want i've never i've never had to dump ink but um i would say that the the proportion is about right so um if you buy three of them two of them are fine and one of them's got no ink in it mm. or very little mm. that would be my my experience of it so it sort of almost exactly brings it down to the same price as buying the original Got it. All right. I I mean, it's it's my printer that I use, so uh, I, I like to stay with the brand name. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a pain in the butt. All right. Uh, my, I feel for you. You're writing with something this week, and you might have already told us what it is. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I've inked, inked up the Pilot Custom 823. Um, I've put in some uh, Mont Blanc JFK, which is you know one of my go-tos. Uh, it's... I've got the brown or amber. I think it was amber when I bought it, but brown they call it now. Um, um, I got it. I th I'm pretty sure I got it from Japan, actually. But now Colt Pens have it. So if you're in the UK, uh, go to them because they'll, they're awesome. Um, and it's just, as, we, as we've already said, it's a lovely pen. So that is currently teamed with my Mont Blanc um, Rouge et Noir, Héritage. So I've got a sort of big pen and a little skinny pen. But that's the only two I've got inked up. So uh, there will be some inking up going on, I suspect, right? Whoa, very nice. I still have all of my special pens from last week, plus all the stuff I was already using. So uh, nothing new. I've over-inked again, Stu. I, I need help. <laughs> um, I, I did get an email yesterday, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Pelican Hubs, uh, we've talked about those previously i think mm -hmm. it's a meeting that pelican used to do pre-covid of um well fountain, fountain pen people um they get together in september 
And I, because I'm on the list, I got an email. Would you like to sign up? I thought, ah, oh, what the hell? I'll put in the, the local, well, localish big city. And guess what? There were nine people in that big city who applied. So we're going to have a local Pelican hub in September. Cool. Fantastic. I get to meet pen people. I've a, not met anybody up here. Uh, it's since I moved up here, no pen club meetings. Uh, no, pen, the, there are no pen stores within 450 miles of, or 450 kilometers of here. So I haven't been in a pen store. I haven't done anything other than online. So this idea of seeing real people against you likely it costs me money because I'll be excited by whatever they bring. But uh, <laughs> I've got still, I've got visions of you all coming in RVs wearing plaid shirts with a sort of chainsaw in one hand and uh, a set of four pelican in the other. Uh, by September, I'll probably be back in my uh, winter gear, which is, yeah, working outside stuff. So yes, mm. probably that might be me. I might even take up the RV just to carry out my pen collection. <laughs> exactly. The <laughs> Jeep will bounce it around like you wouldn't believe. Step into my office, gentlemen. That'll be the answer. Ah, ah splendid. All right, Stu. We have a topic this week, which, boy, did I need this on the weekend. Staying productive in hot weather. So I'm going to complain about my weekend. Um, we were under a heat warning. This is before the long pants came out. Um, it was uh, 35 plus in the sun. Uh, and I had to do some work that I've been putting off on the suspension of my truck. Uh, basically, I was putting some upgrades to engage the overload springs earlier. Now, Stu, I know as the uh, wicked wrench that he is, probably knows exactly what I was doing. But for the rest of you, um, I was under the back two tires on each side of my truck. Uh, trying to rip original pieces off, jack it up, and put uh, new rubber stops on that extend down. Uh, the idea that with the weight that I've got on there, it rocks and rolls a little less while you're driving down the road. Two tires on a truck make a whole lot of difference because I'm working at full arm extension in the hot sun, on my knees. Ah, boy, it was brutal. After working all morning, I had drank so much water to try to cool myself down. And by working in that heat, I actually felt sick for the rest of the day. Stu, did you ever get that? <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're at the stage now um, where, I mean, I, I don't need to walk the golf course. I could take a car, but um, one of the major reasons I play golf is to, to get exercise. So. Um, given that I'm acclimatized and I play very early in the morning, um, I still walk. Um, and there's a few of us that do it, but we, we're at that stage now of the year where it's, um, we sort of characterize the round by bottles. So, um, last month it was kind of six bottle round. So six half liters of water. Um, now it's an eight bottle round. So four liters of water. Um, and just as an experiment, because I've been doing noon, um, you have to weigh yourself every day if you're doing noon. So I weighed myself in the morning and then had uh, a litre of water pretty much before setting off for golf. Uh, during golf, I drank four more litres, so eight bottles. Um, and then after golf, I drank two more litres. And no, it wasn't beer, although it did cross my mind. 
Um, so there we go. I've now had seven litres of water since I weighed myself. So theoretically, I should now expect to be seven kilos heavier. Um, but I've sweated a bit during golf. And so I weighed myself when I got back. Well, having taken off my wet shirt and wet shorts, I weighed myself and I was three kilograms lighter than I had been in the morning. So in effect, I'd sweated off 10 kilos of fluid. Um, and that's in about four hours. I was outside probably for three and a half hours. Um, so it, it just shows you how much you have to drink to stay hydrated. But it's, it's, it's hot enough now. It doesn't matter how quickly I drink, the fluid goes off faster. Um, so to counter that, I use um, uh, electrolytes, so uh, mm. rehydration tablets or dehydration tablets, depending on where you buy them. Um, we we get uh, some some really good ones here that have sort of um, got less sugar in, um, because to rehydrate you, pretty much you need sugar, you need salt, you need minerals, um, and so they put all those in a little tasty tablet. You bang that into some water. So when I'm playing golf and I have two of those in the morning. Um, just to try and keep myself on. Uh, and the one thing that I have learned <laughs> through painful experience is that after a morning walking the golf course in summer, I cannot go drinking alcohol <laughs> um, because um, the, the effect is so amplified by the dehydration that uh, a sniff of the barmaid's apron and, and I'm anyone's. Um, or as I believe Bette Midler once said, uh, one martini is fine, two martinis, and I'm under the host. Um, it was, it's just, just not a good mix. Um, yeah, that's fluids for you. So yeah, I do get it. And, um, drinking that much water can have quite a drastic effect on the rest of your digestive system as well, but let's not get into that. I yeah. would suggest, you know, I think, I think you're right with the, uh, hydration tablets that you've got. Cause I was thinking, you know what I really need is like some Gatorade or something like that, which mm -hmm. I don't keep in the house. Um, but yeah, I think what happened was the water just flushed out all of my electrolytes and I just felt yep. all day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the bright side, I did finish my project, um, despite, uh, having okay. to kick out the black widow that was trying to make a nest in between my two tires. Hey. Nice. Good place to make a nest. Yeah. I mean the, if you can't get hydration tablets or similar, then you can, uh, quite literally get yourself a salty snack, get yourself a sugary snack, um, lemon juice. Uh, into your water that sort of stuff will will get you a long way there in fact i know a lot of people who don't um, use hydration tablets they put uh lemon um sugar and salt uh into into a water mix and then drink that which is fine it's just not very tasty i don't think no i was thinking beer but i knew that was probably not the best idea <laughs> oh and look um i have to say that you know a cold beer on a hot day um is it's kind of the cypriot dream and uh, the one of the big breweries here is owned by the church so i refer to it as holy water um and yeah a cold kill after after a round of golf is fantastic that's absolutely brilliant uh two's okay any more than two and yeah it's trouble they're absolutely trouble so hmm. um hmm. yeah very cool but most people that are probably listening to us sit in an office do yes they're not either out on the golf course or well dealing with suspension problems on a truck. Um, what, are, what are you thinking for office work? Uh, well, I think you've made a really good point um, around sort of cultural difference here. I, I think with uh, aircon's great. It's a fantastic thing to have, very privileged. Um, and 
judging by what's happening to the climate, maybe we should consider our use of it again. But um, I try not to use too much aircon uh, because uh, certainly when I was younger, there was a temptation to to switch it on uh, and then sort of switch it off again when winter comes. But uh, what what I find happens is that that makes me quite ill because at times I have to go out of my office and go to somewhere that's warm. Um, and it, you know, it hits you like a shovel if you walk out of the office and suddenly it's 40 degrees hotter. Um, so I try not to use it all the time. I, I, I work, um, I adjust my hours. So I, I get up earlier during the summer and I sort of get myself to the desk earlier. Um, I'll be, I'll be down probably half six, seven o'clock at my desk. Um, after having had a swim, the swim cools me off as well. So, uh, at that time I will not have the aircon on. I'll have the doors open. Uh, and that's sort of the last of the, of the night air, uh, was still quite nice. Uh, and I'll get working. And then as the day warms up, then I will, I will close down the, the doors and get the aircon on. Um, and I try pretty much to get the, you know, the lion's share of the work done by, by 1300, by one o'clock by lunchtime. Um, just that's i suppose what six hours uh where i do the heavy lifting as it were because once you get to lunch and afterwards uh it's it's just way too hot to to do anything if you do have the aircon on it's going to be working really really hard to try and uh, keep the temperatures down um and you know my dogs are collapsing around me because they're going oh yeah this is sleepy time <laughs> so I, I tend to join in i'll go and have a swim and then i'll take a little nap uh, and then I'll do some more work uh, in the later afternoon when things begun to cool off again. Um, I think that's for me is the way to do it because I moved to Cyprus willingly. I'm not here because I have to be. I'm here because I wanted to go and live somewhere where it was sunny and warm. Um, uh, you know, 38, 39, 40, and, and beyond, I can do without. But it seems crazy to me when it's sort of 30 degrees outside not to be going well it's fantastic this is what i moved here for um and the cypriots are um well, i used to work in an office in the capital city in nicosia um and i worked with another uh, british guy and we used to laugh because there's no very little central heating in cyprus because it doesn't really get that cold in the winter but it gets cold enough um and what they do in the cypriot offices is they use the the aircon units, the split units, as heaters. And so all during the winter, when outside it's like 16 degrees, they uh, they turn the heating up to 32. And then all during the summer, when outside it's 32 degrees, they turn the same system down to 16. Oh. So that they can be so that they can be cold. And I'm just like well designed systems. <laughs> it's just just madness, really, just madness. Um so yeah, I, I try and avoid using it all the time, but you know, during July, August, when you know heat waves like this, um, you know, we're very lucky to have it. We use it. We use it to to go to sleep, uh, and at the moment, I mean, it's still going during the night because the night temperatures are not getting down below thirty. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so here, I think our corporations are 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 differences in the way of life between well uh, hot climates where the ability to change your schedule is quite a bit different than the north american uh, feeling where work shall be on these hours mm -hmm. well plus all the hours you're at home 
Um, and and therefore, uh, just because it's hot, well, we're not going to change anything. Mm. We will deal with it. Uh, because, well, we don't adjust our days. Um, you know, having said that, for those very few days of vacation people in North American have, they are often used in the summer. Uh, and this generally adds more workload to other people to keep them working longer than ever in their air-conditioned offices, assuming the offices are air-conditioned. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, um, the difference. Um, not all places are air-conditioned. Those that are may not be as well air-conditioned as uh, places that deal with heat. That sounds like your uh, systems that are in some of your offices there are, well, painfully underdesigned. Um, I, I certainly think that if you walk into an office here, uh, you will generally see people in sweaters and there are a certain class of people, certain workers that I could guarantee if the air conditioning was on, they had a heater, not necessarily authorized, plugged in under their desk to keep them warm. <laughs> um, that's kind of the reality that we, we have in, in North America is that the air condition, it cools it down to a point that it's crazy. Sure. I mean, it's nice. You don't sweat, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There are things that one could do, turn up the air conditioning. So it isn't as cold. I guess that's turn up, turn down. Cause your turn. <laughs> I don't know which way that goes on your, it depends on your dial. Adjust. Adjust. Adjust your air conditioning. Yes. Um, open windows. Um, cross breezes work really well. I found this out, particularly in the camper. Uh, cause it gets, well, it's a white camper in the sun. It gets pretty toasty in there. Open up the windows, uh, get a nice cross breeze going through. It'll be amazing how naturally that cools it down. And of course, well, because I'm me, turn on the gen set and turn on the air conditioning for an hour before bed if you're really hot. Mm -hmm. um, hydrate, we talked about that a little bit, uh, what, sure. what we drink. Uh, water is really good. Too much um, can be, well, make you feel a little off. Um, coffee, probably not a good thing. Cold coffee. Yeah, trying to avoid that. I'm not sure about that cold coffee thing. I never got much of a taste for it, but it's very, very popular. Mm, it's also a diuretic. So, um, yeah, approach coffee of any temperature with caution. Mm, and use it on company time because, well, then you get to relax for a little bit. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say. I mean, there there are, even in North America, Justin, there are companies who are switched on to the fact that the summer is a bit different from the rest of the year. Um, so um, the much maligned and attacked, and I don't know whether they've been, been cancelled or not, but 37 Signals, base camp, whatever they're calling themselves now, um, they do a four-day week in the summer mm. um, in sort of recognition of the fact that, you know, people want to be out in the park and with their family and, you know, hit the beach and do whatever it is that people do. Um, and I, I kind of feel that way about summer too, that um, it's not the time for, you know, gut-busting projects and things just slow down. The, you know, the rest of the world slows down. And most offices or companies that I've worked in, generally don't lose anything by slowing down a little bit during the summer and just recognizing that, you know, the sun's out. Mm. Go and get some on your face. Unfortunately, the businesses I'm involved in, Stu, summer is our busy time. You, yeah, but you're not standing at the counter serving coffee. Come on. 
This is true. Uh, but yes, it, it is our busier time. Sure. There is, there is still a lot of stigma to four day a week. Our local district council, uh, for the town that I live in, um, has implemented a test program of mm -hmm. working slightly longer days and taking Mondays off, uh, which is going down extremely well with the locals uh, because they expect their civil servants to be working at the same hours that they always have. The idea that they could be more productive in less time, no, that would never happen. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, the, the whole of this town has never actually um, worked closely with any government organization, but uh, it is hugely polarizing. Absolutely. I don't think anybody has really come up with a strong pro point of view. Of course, I don't fight on the internet, so mm. I keep out of it, but I see it. Uh, I see the anger that goes around it. That's because very few people do that up here. Um, you know, if you take time off up here, guess what? You're not getting paid for it. There are companies that are a little bit more flexible for your time taken off, but uh, no, it's still the North American culture is thou shall be in the office. There are, you know, some highly uh, touted companies that get away with doing things differently, but I'm sure Tim Cook still wants everybody in the office as long as much as he can. It is one of those realities of how life works in North America at life in, well, other places, Asia, I think are even worse than we are. Um, you're just in a lucky spot. Europe is smarter when it comes to work-life balance. Um, some of it, uh, perhaps France, maybe a little too much on that side of it. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it is, it is a realistic, um, thing that we don't have as much flexibility and vacation time crazy one of the things i mean we're talking about office work but uh physical exertions uh, as i was woefully lamenting on the idea of me doing anything physical mm. uh, you really do have to time your physical exertions you know if you're working out for example before or after work um change your schedule you know try to get your workouts in earlier yeah or later when it cools down, because I'm sure most places tend to cool down as darkness approaches. Um, we've changed the time of Coco's walks because, well, she has a fur coat and that makes her hot. So we, we walk her early in the morning. We walk her late in the evening, uh, just before the bears and the coyotes come out. Um, you know, we, we have to make sure we're in by dark, but yeah, it's, it's something that we've had to do normally. After I finished my work day, we'd go for a long walk and, uh, Coco just is having none of that because of the heat. Yeah. Uh, if you're working out, same thing. If you do something crazy, like work on a truck, um, even though I did that in the early morning, it took a while. And as the sun came up, you know, when I started that in the morning, it was fine. By the time I finished that project and the sun was beating down on me, I felt like I'd been run over by a horse. It was brutal. Yeah, I mean, the, my dogs don't walk in the summer. They, um, they've got no interest in going. I've got no interest in taking them. You know, very lucky we've got a big yard. So uh, they go out and do what they need to do out there. Um, but yeah, as the temperature cools, they, they'll let me know. 
they'll start hassling me saying, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, and, you know, I can't wait to get out walking. As you know, walking is one of my things, but um, just when it's like this, it's just crazy to be out there and, you know, you have to be so careful. You have to put on the sunscreen. That's another thing. Put on your sunscreen, guys. Um, um, you got to wear a hat. got to take fluids. You know, it becomes, the whole thing becomes a bit of an adventure. Um, so, yeah, I don't do any of that. I, I do, as as we discussed, play golf. Um, say I'm I'm on the course at 7. I'm off by about 10.30. So I'm off before the, the worst of the heat comes. Um, uh, at which point I'm sitting on a very nice terrace uh, drinking um, fluids of my friends going, well, that was fun, wasn't it? Before uh, coming home and sort of getting the second part of my workday done and then woof, to bed. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it, you've got to amend, you've got to adjust. I mean, I heard something on the news this morning that uh, last year in the UK was the hottest year on record. Um, but by 2060, um, it will be uh, considered normal. And by uh, 2099, it will be considered a very, very cool year. Mm. Uh, Pundits again. Climate change. It's the real thing. Well, this was, you know, what, what do they call those people? You know, those idiots that come up. Oh, scientists. That's what they call them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, who knows? We have, we'll have peaks. We'll have valleys. There'll probably be a trend because I've seen a trend in my life. But, uh, you know, to put a date on it, I think is, well, it's like trying to get attention, isn't it, Stu? Well, I, I suppose they may be trying to tell us that, you know, perhaps we should consider maybe sort of doing something. I don't know. Well, I don't have kids, so I suppose that, you know, alleviates some of the worry for me. But mm. um, no, it's, it's, I, I don't think we can deny the evidence. It's there. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure we will all rally and fix it in a jiffy. Of course, because we've been doing that since the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. We're brilliant at that sort of stuff. Mm. One thing I would say, though, enjoy the heat outside of work. Uh, you know, take the top off the Jeep if you're me. Um, dinner and drinks on a patio. Go for a paddle in the lake. Head to the mountains because elevation is cooler. Mm -hmm. Get out with friends. Uh, just really take the, the, the time to enjoy it. It's so tempting, especially, you know, we go back to this air conditioning thing. Uh, we live in air conditioning here. Um, part of it, we have these mini splits that Stu was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and they are more efficient if you just leave them on at a, a reasonable setting. Sure. You know, if you turn them off and turn them on, by the time they get cold, you're waking up uh, at night. So you just kind of leave them on all day. Uh, it takes less electricity just to keep things working. But uh, we, we, we enjoy getting outside, you know, we're outside almost every night sitting, you know, generally on the patio or a friend's patio, having fun. And I got to tell you, sure, you know, the heat is hot, but if you can find a way to enjoy it, it's wonderful because it doesn't last in a lot of places. I tell you about, um, my last visit to North America, um, it was on a business trip. And we, we went to um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, where we got bitten by lots of mosquitoes. That was nice. Ah, the national bird of Minneapolis. <laughs> um, and then we traveled down to Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, and we were staying in 
what by Dallas Fort Worth standards was a very old hotel. I think you know the Kennedys had stayed there. It was very quaint. It was lovely. Sort of you know had a big um, had a big porch and sort of wooden and stuff. It was lovely, great. Um, and we asked the the reception people. It was it was hot. It was the middle of summer, and we asked them for a, where we could go and get a good Texan steak because you know being British tourists, we kind of thought that that's what you did in Texas. Uh, and so they gave us the name of one, looked it up on the phone. And of course, because being, being two Brits, James and I strode out into the, into the evening. Right, steak, off we go. Uh, and just started following our phone. It's just up this street along there. It'd be, it'd be lovely. Um, and we got shadowed by a patrol car who eventually pulled up next to us and asked if we were okay. What are you guys doing out here? Yeah, it's just like, you guys okay? You know, um, and I sort of looked at him and I, yeah, we're absolutely fine, officer. Thank you. Um, uh, are you? <laughs> I had no idea what was driving this conversation at all. I was a little bit nervous because, you know, obviously the guy's got a big gun in his pocket. Um, but it, it's like, uh, you're walking, sir. Uh, yes, uh, we're going We're going for supper, actually. The steakhouse just up here. Lovely. And he looked at me, honestly, <laughs> he looked at me. As if I was completely barking, man. I went, okay. And I don't know what he said. You all have a nice evening or something. I know what it was. And he went off. And James looked at me and said, what was that about? I said, I, I think they're a little bit alarmed that we're walking, Chief. <laughs> Bloody Americans. And off we went. <laughs> and then as we as we, we we went, and we had this amazing steak, actually. A big shout out to, to Dallas. We got Kobe, Kobe beef. Um and, and James was looking at the menu and they had Japanese Kobe and American Kobe and a mix. And it was some stupid price. Um, but we'd just done a deal and I said, to him, go for it. You know, you want it, you want it. I wasn't particularly interested in it. But so he had this massively overpriced steak. Um, and then uh, we ordered, uh, what did we, yes, we ordered a side of broccoli. And again, this is a cult- cultural thing. And they brought me a field of broccoli. They brought me enough broccoli to feed a family of 12 for a fortnight. What are you doing? You ordered a side of broccoli. I said, you can't seriously expect me to eat this. And they're like, well, it's quite a lot. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Um, and then we, we got up to leave and they're like, where are you going? We're going to go back to the hotel. You're walking? Um, why, should, should, should we not? And they, again, it was just completely alien to them. They're like, well, it's really hot. And I said, yeah, we're going to, there's a bar opposite the hotel. We're going to go and sit down there, maybe have a cold beer. And you're right. It's just people are so used to living in, in aircon where, you know, you're in your house in aircon, you get into your air conditioned car, you go to your air conditioned office. Uh, your food is either in the cafeteria or you, you know, quickly run into a place and grab it so that you can get back into the air conditioning and eat it. And then you, you know, rinse and repeat. And uh, it's a terrible shame not to sort of be outside and feel feel the sun on your face, or on the hat that I'm wearing because I'm bald. And <laughs> I have no protection, so my face doesn't get a lot of sun. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, it's nice to get out. What's your takeaway from all of this, Justin? Remember, in just four short months, I'll be whining about snow. So don't let me complain about the heat. It isn't too bad. Get out and enjoy it. How about you, Stu? Any takeaways? Just chill, Justin. Just chill. Touche. Bottom. 
All right. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I was going to ask, how is Threads going? How is Threads going? Uh, well, right now, uh, Nero's is on Threads. Um, uh, Lime uh, isn't. And it's kind of offered me the chance to go, but then breaks when I try to go to it. So um, I'm guessing that's that's a work in progress because I've been setting up loads of social accounts for Lime. Um, and uh, that'll be part of market segmentation and things. That'll be very exciting. Um, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. Um, it's an algorithmic timeline predominantly or entirely, I think. Um, and so a lot of it I look at and go, yeah, I'm not interested in any of this. Um, it is really interesting setting up new accounts for a company because, uh, they do all the usual stuff that the, uh, social media companies want you to do. So they invite your friends to like your page, but I don't want my friends to like my company page. I want potential customers to like my company page. Uh, so it's much more targeted and the algorithm, watching the algorithm learn is brilliant. Um, with Instagram, um, what, you know, they, this photos of, you know, guys doing strange things on motorbikes and all this stuff. And I'm just going straight past and straight. Past. And then, then I find somebody who's doing something in financial services and I'd like to post. And I can almost hear the algorithm going, what? That's the only piece of engagement that post ever got. How's that worked? Um, and it's sort of slowly sort of getting the idea that I'm not there for, for kicks. Um, but yeah, threads, uh, it's where the people are, I guess. So it'll do it okay. Well, it was where the people are. A week later, it's uh, taken a bit of a nosedive in active users from what I hear. Has it really? What a surprise. People signing up and then not going back to it. Hmm. Yeah, well, people trying to get their usernames and all that jazz. Although it's it's your um it's your Facebook, uh, not your Twitter, Facebook, your Instagram. Or, yes, or your Instagram face. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I got too much. Instaface, Twitter, Instaface. That's it. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can actually find me. Well, if you go to StuartLennon.com, you'll find that I haven't actually said anything for weeks, which um, is partly because I've been really busy. I think. Um, uh, you can go to, hopefully, the consultancy website will be up and running by the time you get there. Um, it's currently the DNS is propagating. Um, so that's limeconsulting.com. Um, or you can buy some lovely stationery at nearasnotes.co.uk. Um, and if you want to get in touch with Justin, I drop us a good old-fashioned email, a place called stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me sitting on a deck having a beer, probably enjoying the sunny weather. Sounds good to me. You can find eh, links to what I do, justintwyford.com. Uh, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast, Catch Your Choice. We really, really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. Otherwise, Stu's going to be on you with this whole um, business plan of his, how to promote <laughs> I'll, the- I'll be targeting you. Targeting you, yes. <laughs> this is the way it's going to go. I can see it now. Um, we'll be on threads and- uh, I, no, we don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, speaking of threads, our next topic, grit versus quit. Do we stick on it or do we go? No. Not on threads particularly, just on in general. I think it'll be a good conversation to have. For sure. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>